Good evening and welcome to season two of BW Connect Spaces. Um, BW Connect Spaces is is a platform that started last year and we've had we had a wonderful season um, last year. Um, it started last year and this is our first for 2022. Um, it's based on uh, Setswana saying that says Mabokodinku. That is an African idiom that that it says it takes a village. Mm. So the whole concept behind BW Connect Spaces was how to educate collectively and how to network and help each other collectively. Um, as 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 you might as you might tell, I'm not sounding as uh, as smooth as I always as I always do. I'm right now sitting outside. Um, the super spa in Moana because my internet died at home. So um, I'm sitting in the car to make this happen, guys. The, you know the sacrifices, the sacrifices that we have to go through um, for content. Um, but it is what it is. <laughs> we we gotta continue. We gotta make it work. So this we're, we're kicking off this season with the business of radio. The business of radio. We're going to dissect it with some of the with some of the most experienced, most diverse people in radio. We're gonna we're going to try to educate um, on the business of radio, not just from the radio side, but also to try to educate you from the side of um, entrepreneurs and businesses who want to use radio and who want to leverage radio um, and how they can best do that and how they can best leverage um, that particular platform. So we're going to kick it off now. A couple of ground rules um, for, for, for us to, to kick it off. Obviously, we're going to start with the different speakers and go through um, and, and go through the, the content. Um, and then if and then we are obviously this is an interactive session, so we will want questions. But initially, we will take the questions from the timeline from the TL. So um, if you want to ask a question, just hashtag BW Connect Spaces for that question and we'll continuously collect those questions and ask them. And then at a later time, we will actually, at a later time, we will open uh, up the floor and we'll add people as speakers for them to speak um, so that we, so that we can get questions and comments as well. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, experienced people I see on the, on the space um, in radio, a lot of uh, people who have done this before. And it would be nice to get um, some, some knowledge as well from the floor as well. Um, to all the speakers, if you struggle to, if you ever get a scenario where you're struggling to hear or to speak, um, a lot of the time, the best thing to do is to exit the space and come back on. So I think, I think without further ado, I think we can kick it off. Um, let's start, let's start with, uh, let's start with some simple, let's start with, with, with the basics, right? Let's start with some intros, um, Let's start with Giselle, the lady, the the rose, um, the rose amongst the thorns. Let's start with Giselle. Giselle, um, how, you know, tell us about yourself. Um, tell us how you fell in love with radio, how you ended up um, in radio, and what are you up to now? 
Thank you so much, Mpoying. Um, how I fell in love with radio was in my teenagehood. A lot of us, when we're growing up, um, uh, the 80s children or the 80s gang, as you'll describe it, were not spoiled for choice by way of media access or access to the outside world beyond the encyclopedias that were in our parents' libraries or the television. And for my particular preference, radio, because my dad had bought me a small radio handset and I had that in my room and I'd spend a lot of time with radio. And when I was listening to your likes of the DJ Sids of this world, you know, he had ways where he would play songs that matched my mood or my favorite songs that I would always know he'd always play. And that created a curiosity in me um, of what does it take to produce that kind of experience for the listener on the other side of the speaker. And um, I'm one of those anomalies of the industry that happened to enter and engage with the industry at a very young age. I started working on radio when I was 16 years old. Um, it's a long story short, perhaps for another um, kind of interview, but um, that's how my, my love relationship with, with radio began. And I continue to work to go on to be part of the first generation of radio talent that was in the beginning of, or the birth of private radio broadcasting in Botswana through Yarna FM, as per your kind um, brief introduction earlier on, on Twitter says. And I went on to work for a couple of other radio stations, including Gabs FM. I've spent some time on RB2. Uh, to date, I'm not active on radio. However, my passion for radio has evolved into becoming what some of my close friends call a radio activist, where we pulled off history in 2017 when we set up the project, the Good Radio Project, um, with which comes the Good Radio Awards, which is a platform that was designed to celebrate and acknowledge um, outstanding good radio talent in Botswana, um, which is something that happens across across the world, really. And um, currently, you'll hear my voice on radio when it comes to radio adverts. I do quite a lot of adverts for a lot of different companies, and um, that's my presence right now when it comes to voice work. Otherwise, I'm mostly recognized for my work in high-level events as an MC for both the private sector and government. This career that I'm currently enjoying employing is, is something that I credit my, my time on radio to because this is where Batsana got to know my voice. They got to learn to trust my voice. And this evolved into companies trusting me with their brands, trusting me with their stakeholders in various um, platforms. So that's where my, my respect and my passion for radio goes. Thanks, thanks Giselle. Um, I'll, I'll pass that question to to do Mimote, um, sort of introduce yourself and um, and yeah, just let us know how you started in radio and how you've ended up where you are right now. Well, thank you so much, um, Poing, and uh, thank you to everybody who um, I'm joining today and who's, who's participating in this particular space. Uh, my name is Dumisa Mote, as uh, previously introduced by Mpoying. Um, and mine mine was a serendipity um, of sorts because I was in a studio in college with a friend of mine who had a show. And because he wasn't flowing as, as much as he wanted to flow, he was like, you know what, I have this guy from Botswana. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that you've heard stories about Africa and all that. And you want to know what uh, the myths are and where they emanate from and whether they're true or not. So I have this guy, he's in the studio now. Uh, let's get to find out from him. And, and I mean, he caught me off guard at the time, but I, I played along and that was... Uh, at that very moment when he said and he's here and he, 
when he was saying that he was switching the mic on, I, I mean, I could have easily just said, ah, oh, nah, man, you know, did some hand signals and said, no, I don't want to be part of this. But it, it, I naturally, I, I felt a natural inclination to the microphone. And when I was on the mic, I felt like I was, I was just having a conversation as, as, as normal as I could have with a family member or a friend, you know, sitting down um, in a lounge or something. So I immediately felt something so overpowering that was luring me into the space. Something that I started in 2003 and that gave birth to this interest that I then developed over time and tried to hone over time by listening to different radio stations and uh, picking from different broadcasters some of the more uh, you know, uh, favorable characteristics and some of the more agreeable um, traits that I was hearing from them. So over time, that really honed on that interest of wanting to be on radio and being able to drive my own show, which I then was given an opportunity to do. And one of the most memorable moments that I had was um, getting a letter that was written to me by a prisoner and he said that they he had an opportunity to listen to me and i spoke to him even though i didn't did not know him personally and there was no point that i actually directed my conversation to him he felt that i was speaking to him directly so that brought about this sense of intimacy that radio naturally carries so from from then on it's it's just you know, building on that and, and, and really delving into the beauty of radio as a conversational medium. So that has brought me to where I am now as the host of a drive time show on Dumai FM, which is predominantly talk radio. So I spend a lot of time actually conversing with individuals in their, their own spaces. And as much as these are faceless people to me at the time when I'm on radio, I, I, I cherish the, 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 the value of the relationship and the, the, the quality and the authenticity of that conversation that I'm having with them. So I think that's, that's something that I, uh, I will forever hold dear to me. And I, I, I think that it's, it's why I carry on doing what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Thank you. You, um, thank you, uh, Dumi. Um, I, I, I'll now take it over to Tim. I think, out of all the the people on on the of all the panelists, he's probably the least known to to most of us, um, primarily because he hasn't operated in Botswana. But we thought he would be, you know, he, he would be he would give an excellent perspective, uh, not necessarily speaking about Botswana, but just speaking about an international perspective on radio. So, Tim. You know, um, introduce yourself and let us know who you are. Hi, good evening. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Um, my name is Tim Zunkel. I'm the Regional Media Business Advisor for an organization called Internews. Internews is a global organization that operates in 100 territories uh, across the world in 110 languages. Um, and we basically empower media uh, in developing democracy, uh, in fledgling democracies. Uh, coupled to that, I've got 27 years of radio experience uh, operating in, in Africa, Europe, uh, and uh, the States. Uh, I'm very lucky at the moment to be involved in a, a private business venture of, of media entrepreneurship 
that looks at sustainability and viability uh, within media organizations and specifically in radio. Radio is my first love. Um, I started 27 years ago in campus radio and I had the opportunity to work uh, in public radio, commercial radio, retail radio. Um, I currently work with the African Podcast Festival based out of Kenya. Uh, I'm a judge for the New York Radio Festival which happens once a year, um, the convener of judges for the South African Radio Awards, uh, and I'm an enthusiastic listener of content to radio stations from across the world. And it's a pleasure to join you tonight to talk about the business of radio in Botswana. Thanks, Tim. Um, last but not least, um, someone who doesn't need um, doesn't need any introduction, um, Owen Rampa, Mr. O, let us know about your journey in radio. Um, hi, and to everybody participating in the space tonight, um, thank you for joining us. Thanks for this opportunity, Point. It's a real pleasure and an honor. As mentioned, my name is Owen Rampa. I've been uh, passionate about radio since 19-ish, since 19 day one. But in terms of an actual career in broadcasting, mine started in 1998. Although I like to, to tell the story that it actually started um, in 88 as a 12-year-old in my bedroom. That was my studio. That's where I delivered some of the most amazing radio shows to myself. You know, I've been in love with the medium since then. I'm a music guy through and through. So my love for radio was first, um, you know, um, kicked off by, by my love for music. And that's where I accessed the music, you know. So when I was 12, I got a radio set as a gift. It was never off, man. I used to listen to Radio Bop. Um, Radio Metro, uh, then came RB2 in 1992, that just uh, made things worse. And by the time 1996 came along, 1995, I had made up my mind that I wanted to be a broadcaster. It's the career I wanted to pursue. I made it happen in 1998. I've been through the ranks as a presenter, as a producer, um, as a music manager, in fact, music compiler, music manager, programs manager, and CEO. I've worked uh, in Botswana and in Zambia. I've participated professionally in the region in Southern Africa on um, different forums and stuff. I'm also a talent coach. I love discovering, developing, growing, nurturing, and training broadcasting talent. Um, some of the your favorite some of your favorite presenters actually on on radio in Botswana have been through my my training programs so and in Zambia and I've got a couple of guys who've made it big onto the radio space in SA who've been through these um talent academies of mine so my love is definitely radio is my first love I try and separate myself from it at times and I fail dismally you know but yeah that's pretty much me and my journey um I love it to death uh, currently, what am I doing now? I still do. I dabble in consulting in, in, in broadcasting and training, but I'm really into farming these days. <laughs> as we all are, and as we, as we all tend to gravitate towards. Okay, so so something that I was, you know, when, when we first started mooting the idea for this space with Giselle, and something that I thought of, and I was like, you know, the one thing I don't want is to have a situation where you know, um, we just create a scenario where all of these older people come in and and the newer talent just feels like it's getting bashed. And, uh, and, and we're talking about the good old days of how radio used to be great. Um, 
and and just to assure everybody, this is not going to be that. We're really just going to be talking on the aspects of business. You know, how does a radio station work? What is it trying to do? And what are its strengths? Um, and we've already heard um, Tim as well as... Um, as, as, as well as me sort of allude to the fact that there's sort of different types of radio stations. Um, and I think I'll start with, I think I'll start with Tim and sort of say, Tim, you, you have, I think you have the widest experience with regards to the differing types of radio stations. Um, could you sort of quickly break those down and especially um, sort of highlight some of the little differences that exist between um, the different radio stations and what they try to focus on and what they try to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think Owen alluded to a little bit earlier, you know, so if, if you were to take a look at Botswana, for instance, um, you'd all be familiar with RB1 and RB2, which are um, the public broadcaster. In many African countries, the public broadcaster is actually a state broadcaster because of the nature of uh, government involvement and in many instances, government interference. So uh, across the world, you very often have public broadcasters. In Europe, what you'd find is there are more than one public broadcasters. In Germany, for instance, there's 17. So in South Africa, we have the SABC. The Germans have 17 versions of the SABC. Uh, and in a country like Finland, uh, they have two public broadcasters. The second one was created to create more competition for the first one. So that's the first layer of, of broadcasting. Uh, and very often public broadcasting is related to the service to the people. So uh, it's it's a language station. It's a cultural station. Um, and they service a very specific need uh, in taking care of news and information and entertainment. They'll do children's programming. They'll do health programming. Uh, they'll have a very strong uh, actuality angle um, around that. Then uh, if you consider the Botswana um landscape you have stations like uh, Yarona you've got uh, Duma um, and others uh, who basically exist to create an environment to sell airtime to make money they're shareholders uh, and it's run like a business it's got a very specific in, in, in input and impetus uh, and that generally is to create a viable platform for people to buy for advertisers commercial radio puts advertising in front of audiences and audiences in front of advertising. And then the last layer, which is probably quite an exciting layer in the Botswana uh, the landscape at the moment now, is this concept of community radio. And community radio is very much the grassroots voice of the people, um, and it's the opportunity for very localized communities to have something which represents their need, their informational need, uh, and it speaks to either uh, something around religion or culture or geography and community radio in africa is is quite a big player just in that we have such a vast geography and we have so many people who have so much need uh, in terms of news and information and community radio is hyper local so we talk about uh, the missing child in your suburb. Uh, we talk about a motor vehicle that's been stolen three or four houses away from you. We talk about a shop that's recently opened business four or five blocks from you. So, you know, that's the nature of, of that piece. And then there's, there's a bunch of other things. If you were to walk into uh, some of these big chainsaws, you may hear music playing in the background. Retail radio is also a, a player within the rate, in the radio space. Uh, and that serves a need for a business um, where when you walk into a shop, uh, and you're buying a SIM card, you hear some music, there's some messaging about handsets, uh, and that, that all takes place. And then let's not forget that the digital space 
it's opened up a new kettle of fish uh, and there's online radio and online radio exists in in a variety of formats uh, and in, in a variety of countries and it's basically your opportunity to listen to audio uh, on the internet and then what i'd say to practitioners is you know very often we talk about radio it's the thing that we understand used to be the box or it's the thing in your car that you listen to the reality is Radio is also podcasting. It's WhatsApp voice notes, uh, and it's any opportunity like we're doing tonight in Twitter Spaces to consume audio. Um, so there's a plethora of new radio opportunities for practitioners to also consider. And I think in, in a nutshell, that's how to find the radio landscape. I think that's a, that's a nice, clear sort of um, distinction between the differences, because between the different radio stations. Uh, Mr. O, um, let's sort of now sort of go down to the Botswana landscape. Um, having been, um, um, uh, having run radio stations in Botswana for, for, you know, for, for so long, what do radio stations, especially the commercial ones, care about um, in Botswana in terms of the business? What, is the, what does the business model look like? Commercial radio stations um, care about the bottom line economic interest what they should care about <laughs> is uh you know creating content that attracts a particular audience and then pitching that audience to advertisers that's what they should be caring about uh, but some decisions that are being made um kind of like you know deviate you know they're kind of like showing you that's not necessarily what they're about but yeah from a business perspective like any business the bottom line is uh profit you know, it's how to achieve those profits that um, there's different uh, methods and, and challenges that guys are facing today. So let's take that further. What, so what would sort of someone in, you know, the, the Monday morning meeting in a business station, in a, in a station, in a, commercial, in a commercial station be worrying about? You've sort of alluded to issues of aligning audience and content um, and advertisers, just break that down a little bit, um, a little bit clearer. You should be concerned about ratings. You should be concerned about um, where your biggest shows are within the market uh, in comparison to the competition. Uh, in that Monday meeting, you should be concerned about the numbers, uh, the actual numbers in terms of sales figures, um, which is the show that's performing in terms of revenue and why, you know, which is the presenter that has proven to be popular and why. And you should be leveraging on these things to drive uh, constant, you know, attention, energy, and uh, focus on those 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 key wins. Um, you should be focusing on what's trending um, or creating trends, you know, or exploiting existing trends to your benefit. Um, you should be concerned about what the competition is doing, what they did this week. And the general well-being of your your, your 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 team members, being your staff, your your presenters, you know, uh, and of course your your sales team. These are the things that you want to touch on at that Monday meeting. Um, I'm of the belief that the business of radio, as much as it's about commercial um, ad space on air, my approach is slightly different. You know, when I take it further, I believe where commercial radio is in the business of of pitching audiences to brands that want to speak 
to those audiences. That's what I believe commercial radio is in the business of. At least that's how I would do it if I ran a, a commercial radio station. Um, you want to pitch the right audience to the right brand. You attract the right audience by having the content that appeals to that specific audience. I always say anybody can sell airtime. Any commercial broadcaster can sell airtime. And then that usually leads to a battle on a rate card because all you're pitching is, hey, my 30-second spot is X amount of bullas. My 30-second spot is X amount of bullas. You know, I want to avoid that. You know, I want to say to you, hey, if you're looking for these guys who are this particular age group who have this kind of spending power, you'll find them on this show because this show features this particular type of content. So that's my take. I'd like to add to, to what Owen said, and, and I agree with him and I disagree with him. I, I, I do agree that it's about the content that we create. And, and in the Monday meeting, we should be worried about the product. Um, I've got a different view to ratings in that uh, audience research in Africa is it's not as advanced as you'd find in Europe and the States and Australia. Um, and it's problematic. You know, we get Ipsos who maybe does a survey once a year. We'll do some eternal stuff. Um, I think what we should be concerned with is, I think we should be concerned with um, the product that we're creating and we should be less concerned with what the competition is doing, but what we're doing in the next week, in the next four weeks and the next six weeks, salespeople should be out there selling uh, if it's now February, salespeople should be out there selling May, June, and July. We should already be talking about back to school next year and, and what are the cool things that we're going to be doing in that space, in, in, in the commercial space, because Owen's right. I mean, in the same way that checkers doesn't sell you groceries, or ShopRite doesn't sell you groceries um, because they care about your well-being. They sell you groceries to make a profit. Radio stations are, are generating airtime and concepts uh, to make a profit. And that's the thing that you should be concerning you more. What, what things are we making in a creative space that have value for clients because audiences are going to like it? Thanks, Tim. Um, uh, Tumi, Tumi-san, could you please speak to the, the role of the sales team? Um, Owen and Tim have both mentioned um, the sales team. Um, for us who've never worked in a radio station, just give us an idea of who they are and what they do. Thank you again, Mpoeng. Well, the sales team is going to be a very important department in, in um, a radio station, but there has to be some um, relationship that it has, a strong one, uh, with the programming department. And uh, I would say that programming would then de determine the kind of programs that they feel um, are curated looking at what the, the station as a whole is trying to go for and then finding ways in, in which you are able to develop programs that speak to the interests perhaps of the audience that you are you are you are serving now uh, we, we we need to go back to the basics i mean with um over a century you know in radio is is has has developed over time but with over a century operating it's still one of the most popular mass mediums so we need to leverage on that it can be found practically everywhere even in the most remotest of geographical areas so that for a sales team can be very valuable in in noticing that um the fact that it's it's one of the most accessible mediums it's able to broadcast in such a way that attracts people that are in in those 
um, remote areas. It's able to reach people that wouldn't otherwise be re- reached by other mediums. Um, the fact that it's convenient, that it's portable, uh, it's able to reach you where you live or where you work and even in transit, it should be something valuable to a sales team. But uh, they need to work hand in hand with the programming so that there isn't seemingly, uh, there isn't this tension that develops between them whereby it seems like the sales team is now determining the the kind of route that the station is 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 going to be taking programming should still drive it but should work hand in hand with sales to be able to leverage on things like that listener loyalty you know with um the the mushrooming radio stations that we see there's there's a sense of quote-unquote discovery fatigue that's a term that i i happen to learn um during my journey in radio whereby people after a certain time they then gravitate to one or two radio stations and that's why you sometimes hear broadcasters saying uh, do my fm listener for example yarn fm listener there's that temptation to say that because this is somebody that you seemingly have um, created a relationship with and you are able to relate with or converse with that person at an intimate a level that is something that can be leveraged by um, by sales teams. You know the fact that radio is is immediate. It's capable of delivering information quickly. That's why it's oftentimes used in emergency situations. That is yet another feature of radio that can um, open you up to a market where uh, people are in need of of that immediacy. Something that they can. Um, used to 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 propel sales or to increase footfall when there's a sale or a promotion that is short-lived uh it's interactive and that's something that i have noticed um a lot about what i do on radio the interactions that you have that two-way communication that allows uh the person that you're talking to the audience to ask questions sales teams can leverage on that as well because they're able to to get immediate feedback or response from the audience or from the people that uh an idea is being sold to or it's being pitched to they're able to communicate with clients to say look um this is the kind of feedback that we have since gotten from something that you had earlier pitched so perhaps you should go back to the drawing board and see how you can uh, correct a few things so that you can better uh, package this particular product for for the audience so uh, you know in my own belief um looking at at those particular characteristics of radio it's 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 going to be very important to get a sales team that's going to be active and that's going to be very reactive to the kind of trends that are emerging but they are all pretty much um premised on those fundamental aspects of of radio um to date i think radio still stands head and shoulders above other mediums as being highly cost efficient and what i mean by that is that you're able to buy more audience impressions uh, for for a low cost so if i'm paying um maybe a thousand pula but i am tapping into 85 percent of the population of botswana that is that is definitely going to be a plus in terms of my my advertising strategies or in terms of the kind of way in which i'm able to reach in a massive way um demographies that speak to what i want to sell to them um they're able to efficiently target according to perhaps the the profile of a, of a station 
think that uh, looking at some of the more some of the more fundamental characteristics of radio, uh, a sales team is able to to use what has been developed over a period of a century uh, to their advantage. But that has to be done hand in hand with the programming department, so that they there's no um, tension or there is there's more synergy and and more um, concerted effort towards speaking to a particular uh, audience about a particular product or service and i think um you know as 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 mr o said the the bottom line is the return on investment so how are we able to ensure that by 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 using some of those tenants of radio and and building campaigns um brand awareness and also uh increasing memorability in terms of um, whatever products or whatever services that we're, we're promoting on radio. So I think a, a sales team is very, very important in the grand scheme of things, but also the content and the, the way that, um, you know, that, that information is packaged or curated is going to be a very, very um, crucial part of this particular formula. Um, sorry, Tim, I think you can get back in. Um... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add to that. So, so radio is a trusted medium, and we've just celebrated the trust that radio builds with the audiences. Um, and if I was a program manager or a sales manager in Botswana right now, I'd be hugely concerned because the ability for radio to be trusted by its audiences is one of the key reasons why radio continues to be one of the biggest mediums in the world, despite digital media. Digital media has done very many good things for us. But it's also been the hub of misinformation and disinformation. And in the Botswana landscape, and I see my colleagues on Dila Tembe, who used to be the program manager of Causey FM in South Africa, the second biggest radio station in the world is on the line. And she'll tell you that interference from government and political parties creates a very difficult environment for radio to be a trusted source. And in the Botswana landscape currently, with legislation on the table, that would affect the way that, that radio stations, specifically to their newsrooms, can deliver content to their audiences, would create a very difficult space for radio to remain as a trusted source. So I think all the things that, that the panelists have set up to this point are completely valid. The reason radio wins is people trust us, and we saw this in COVID. We became the number one source of news and information during a global pandemic, despite digital media. Um, can I quickly just throw in my two cents on that one. Sure. I'm co I completely um, agree with Tim. This is a, a well-known fact. On the backdrop of the theme of World Radio Day, um, with the scourge of fake news that's running around on uh, the online platforms, man, radio, one of the reason also that radio is a trusted medium is that we uh, radio is legally bound. You know, license conditions stipulate very clearly in Botswana about, uh, you know, the veracity of uh, the news, uh, the practice of uh, media and journalism ethics, the right of reply, broadcasting fact, um, you know, differentiating between uh, rumor and conjecture. All those things are actual punishable, um, you know, um, transgressions as per license conditions. It's statutory. You know, you can get fined, you can get your license taken away. Um, the jungle that is the internet doesn't subscribe to that. So this is why radio people, you might pick up something online, but you will turn to radio to verify it. It happens. 
but uh, thank you. I'm going to bring Jazal in. Jazal, I want you to speak to the evolution. I think, you know, Dumi Sang spoke quite in, in, uh, quite lengthily on, on sales. Um, speak to us on the evolution of talent um, as, as you have seen it and, you know, how you've seen from, you know, for, for the 20 or so years you're involved in radio, how you saw the almost the importance of talent change over time um, with regards to with regards to the business model um, of radio. Thank you so much, Mpoing. Um, I think just to touch, just to add on to one of my favorite points of what my colleagues have just mentioned as well, um, particularly Dumi emphasized this, and I just want to double emphasize it on behalf of all of the current practitioners that are tuned in now, as well as, you know, any um, ownership of business or management. Um, there needs to be harmony between the sales team and the programs or content production teams, because those loggerheads tend to affect the final product, which is the listener's experience and that li that listener's experience is is our currency when it comes to what we sell to the people that are buying into our radio station to communicate to the people that we're speaking to to communicate to the people that we trust and just to bring in the subject of on-air talent which is my favorite um aspect of radio broadcasting um on-air talent is very very key in delivering that listener's experience. And I think the evolution of radio talent, particularly for the case of Botswana, would be that we started with the radio brands themselves. And I think when private radio hit this country, we were not, we hadn't wrapped our mind around the issue of the individual talents and how they harmonize with the radio station. So as much as we've spoken about the harmony between sales teams and programming or content production, we need to zoom into the reality that there needs to be a, a deliberate effort in contributing to the development of radio talent brands, because the more that people um, are listening to these voices, the more that people want access to these voices. And I think a lot of radio careers have been um, have been stopped before their time because there was a bit of a misbalance where radio stations would feel that this talent has overgrown the brand of the radio station itself instead of seeking out areas that were mutually beneficial for both the radio talent and radio management to be able to grow and expand on that critical issue of the listener's experience, which is our currency. So something that I want to, I mean, to, that sort of speaks to that. Um, mm -hmm. Is obviously the same way as in the same way as in print media. Digital media came in and really changed um, the game, and you know what probably the leverage that um, radio and and print had, and even TV. Um, what, how has that affected um, you know the development of talent? Because I guess what that forced it, it forced radio stations to probably have to operate, you know, they were probably making less. Um, so return on investment becomes difficult and somebody has to bear that, you know, some, you know, has to mm. bear that cost. What, what have you seen over time with, with, with regards to that? I think with regards to digital media, um, Mpoying, it's been a very powerful tool for radio talent to be able to give uh, their brands, to give their brands audience access to the individual brands beyond the radio experience. Because when you're listening to the radio show, that's your three hours to four hours. Um, you only get so much time to get to know what the presenter's um, personality is about because they've got so much other information that they're delivering to you. But digital media created an opportunity for these brands to be able to define their 
their identity and even to be able to maximize some of the sales opportunities that they can have with uh, with other companies that would like to invest in in that platform that they've grown. You see a lot of guys that have very powerful social media presence and I think that's become an extra arm of ensuring that you continue to to sell the, the, the radio station's identity and the talent's identity. I'm not sure if I'm getting... Um, if I'm giving you the answers that you're seeking, yeah, and I'll and I'll ask uh, um, I'll ask um, Mr. O to sort of extend that um, a little bit more um, with regards to how you know I think social media hit us um, in, in in probably in Botswana probably about you know ten twelve years ago with with when when Facebook sort of started to to take off. What was what has been your experience with the challenges and um, the advantage that social media has brought and affect and how it's affected the business model of the of the radio station? Yeah, I was saying uh, at the time that social media hit, you know, Facebook in two thousand and seven, uh, I was head of programs at the Arun FM, and I remember I was a big fan, you know, like I was I was like first on the bus when I came to the stuff. And I used to really drive it to my presenters at the time that guys you need to get on social media, you need to get on 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 Facebook. It's a it's a another opportunity for you to connect with your your listener. It's another opportunity for you to connect with your fan. You know, it'll give you a nice visual a- aspect. It gives you an opportunity to tell stories uh, on your own terms without having to worry too much about uh, you know legal frameworks that govern radio. So for me, I've always been ready to embrace, you know, as a as a practitioner, as a broadcaster, I've always been ready to embrace the the positive, the strengths, the the access that um, digital media platforms give you, you know. And I believe that in Botswana, the impact in terms of actual advertising revenue, the impact on radio stations in Botswana is nominal in terms of uh, a, a shift in, in, in advertising pullers going to digital platforms. You know, we are still um, a country that uh, the broadcasting medium in terms of radio, the radio uh, is very pervasive. You know, it's, uh, it, its mass appeal is huge. Its reach is unparalleled, you know, and as long as these costs for data are where they are in our country, it's it's a very difficult medium to beat, you know. So yes, there'll be that initial curiosity, that initial um, uh, excitement. But I have seen, you know, I have noticed um, campaigns that have come back on the radio. I've noticed, uh, you know, that advertising pula that has um, remained uh, consistent on the radio, even in the advent of these digital digital times. Also, smart, you know. Um, guys who are with it, marketers who are, are acutely aware of the the, the, the the trends today, you want to pair, uh, you know, radio with digital platforms. You want to use the radio to drive eyes to your digital platforms. You know, radio is a very uh, uh, powerful medium when it comes to in- intimacy, when it comes to emotional human connections, one-on-one human connections. Radio is a powerful medium. Uh, you know, in, when it comes to TSL, time spent listening, in Botswana, the TSL periods are high. You know, um, um, research at the National Broadcasting Board will show uh, time spent listening of over two hours, you know, when it comes to, 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 to radio consumption patterns in Botswana. So, yes, um, it, it's a nice to have as long as radio embraces um, the digital movement because you can listen to the radio online. 
You can catch your favorite podcast of your favorite radio show online. I mean, right now, if I want to catch The Breakfast Club, you know, Charlemagne and uh, Envy and Angela Yee, that's a radio show. But I catch it as a podcast online. So there's nothing stopping uh, broadcasters in Botswana from fully, you know, taking advantage of the power of the internet, of digital media, of social media, and using it to the advantage. That's where really where the, the, the disconnect right now that I see in the industry locally, that's where I see a, a huge gap that can easily be filled with the correct strategy. Tim, is that, is that your experience um, in the rest of Africa and the world? I think to add to one thing here, radio wins because of a simple concept. We speak to an individual person, and it's an exceptionally intimate medium. Social media is, is fake. Everything about social media is fake. People's posts, their photographs, the amount of fun they're having, and all the cool things they're doing. It's loaded with a whole bunch of fakeness. So the other thing we know about radio is that it's always played well with other media, whether it be print media, whether it be television. Uh, So digital and radio, as as Chad pointed out, is like it's this beautiful relationship because we get people on the radio, we push them to digital media. Then on digital media, we pull them back to the radio. So I think it's 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 a beautiful intersection of of digital and analog, and and one can't go wrong. Um, in more advanced markets, absolutely, digital does into eat into radio's budgets. But what you must also remember is that the cost of data is coming down. So I'm currently in Vintuk in Namibia. At the airport, you can buy six gigabytes for 120 Namibian dollars. That is an exceptionally good value for money, data package. And data will become cheaper over time. And if radio understands its its relationship with digital, we'll be on the front of the curve that, that we always claim to be our own space. In Africa, so sub-Saharan Africa, you know, basically north of, of, of Botswana, the picture is different. A lot of radio happens in incredibly rural spaces where the access to devices is even limited. And the fact that you may even get connection via 2G. You know, I mean, we work with broadcasters in Liberia. 2G is the thing, you know, like old Nokia 3110s. That is like the handset of choice. There is no digital media because it doesn't exist because of of access. So that's why radio still wins. But when the access comes, radio will know how to play nicely with digital. Uh, I'm going to to bring you in here because last week, and I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna blow. Um, we're gonna blow each other's horns here. Last week, you came up with an idea um, when the budget speech in Botswana was, 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 was had just been broadcast. To Misang myself um, and um, Lord Alvo from um, from the BW's uh, family family meeting um, hosted um, a meet hosted a Twitter space which was simulcast um, on 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 Duma FM. Um, last week, and it would be interesting to know whether he was able to find out whether anybody else um, in Africa and in the world had ever done that, and then to sort of extend that sort of thinking towards um, how they are thinking about um, sort of using social media and all of these other platforms to sort of widen what, um, you know, they're doing there um, at the radio station. Right. Thank you so much. Um, I I haven't done the research to find out if uh, it was indeed a groundbreaking uh, discovery there um, and an exercise that we we were doing um, 
uh, in terms of you know it being historic or anything. But I I think what what it was initially was just tapping into both the virtual space and the traditional terrestrial space that radio covers. I mean, earlier I was talking about um, the fact that radio itself has tremendous reach, and that alone is 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 undeniable. I mean, everybody can attest to that. Everybody here in this panel has been speaking to that. But now you have this this burgeoning world of um, so di- social media and the digital space and the virtual space that is still to a large extent not fully explored. And uh, and the thing is, there seems to be that issue of of, of risk and not really understanding the space because a lot of times you'll find that the people that are, um, are, are the purse holders, the people that will be disbursing the funds for such uh, exercises, they are your generation X. You know, these are people that haven't been able to navigate around the virtual space and understand what it's all about. And when you have issues of fake news and, you know, um, issues of the trustworthiness of uh, digital mediums that 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 further creates this uh, you know fear for them not to to navigate the space or not to delve too much into the space. But we are able to get um, metrics that can be very very useful for us. We are able to track better marketing performance, which is crucial uh, to measure how a business is performing. Unless you you find yourself wasting money, so that was just to 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 actually uh, put it into practice, see it happen, and people um, being there to be able to give testimonials about it having happened. This was a, a simulcast that was happening in a virtual space, which is Twitter. And then it was also happening in uh, a more established, a more trusted medium, which is radio. So to be able to have or forge that hybrid setup is 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 to to say to those people that that generate generation x guy who is a little bit skeptical about dispersing funds to explore further um, social media or uh, digital platforms to say that this is very possible we have the grounding of uh, of radio which is trusted and has been established over time but 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 now we're able to uh, extend ourselves even further uh, to this to this space which seems to be growing in leaps day in day out and this is a space that will allow for us to um, be able to establish those key performance indicators that sometimes are hard to establish when dealing with terrestrial radio or traditional radio um, as the situation is in Botswana and I stand to be corrected I don't know if uh, Mr. O here Tim you may have something to say about this but one of the things that I've noticed is that it's it's quite difficult to measure uh, return on investment um, in terms of radio marketing in Botswana. And I only say that because, you know, uh, if you were exposed to certain metrics, um, you know, how many people are tuned into the morning drive, how many people are tuned into other uh, shows that are very relevant and, 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 and are able to, to, to pull that audience in, that's what businesses are going to be asking you. Um, at the end of the day. So 
for me, going into the, the, the digital space, you're able to quantify these things better. You're able to give those metrics. And if you're able to uh, complement what you already have going, which is something more established, something that is that is anchored in a lot of people's trust and respect and integrity and credibility, then in the end, it will be something that will will be further explored to see how you're able to leverage on what you have already established as a radio and um, it, see, make, it, make it so that it's seen to be an extension of, of, of self on a digital platform. Yeah. Uh, for me, as a marketer, that term ROI, I like it. As a broadcaster, it needs to be clearly defined what uh, the return on investment is or should be for each campaign. I think uh, as radio, you need to be, we need to be having conversations with clients on what the expected ROI is going to be, you know, and then we need to design measurement metrics that are specific to each of those campaigns. Um, and that's where I see also that it's an area that we're not fully exploring in Botswana, agreeing what the ROI is, what is the client expectation, what is success, you know, uh, in terms of the client, what is success measured as for the campaign? When we say this campaign was a great success, what did we achieve? What were the goals that were set at the beginning? And you know, sometimes radio people jump into the sales game when it comes to the clients that, um, you know, if you advertise with us, we'll increase your sales. It's a conversation I try to avoid um, you know, because the whole sales process involves so many aspects outside of just advertising. You know, if your sales staff is asleep uh, at your store, if your product is not on the shelves, if your pricing is out of whack, that all affects the sales process. But radio is making this promise to you that, no, we'll increase your sales. I don't think that's the conversation radio should be jumping in or promises radio people should be making because they are not in control of the rest of that sales process. But clients will hold you accountable for that. Now, Mr. O, I just want to, to ask something here. I mean, this this is uh, clearly something that we need to, to figure out as broadcasters. How then do we develop uh, perhaps a proxy measurement of, of um, marketing performance, something that we're able to present to those clients, which is specific and measurable. Uh, you know, looking at the fact that we, we, we're here, we don't, we don't currently have uh, those luxuries. We were unable to really delve into um, key performance indicators with confidence. But that's what I'm saying. Um, that's a conversation we need to be having with our clients. But what is your expectation of this campaign? Is it increased feet in the store? Is it increased uh, uh, hits on your website? You know, uh, is there a coupon system that we're running that, you know, you can claim this coupon when you come with, uh, you know, is there a questionnaire that we're doing that, you know, where did you hear this particular ad? How did you come to find out about this promotion? It's a conversation that we can have in detail with clients regarding how to measure the success of a campaign. That's what I'm saying. We need to be having more conversations around that it can't just be uh i want to see this product fly off the shelves that can't right. just be it yeah maybe tim tim, tim i'd be yeah, able to assist I was, gonna, I was going to bring in tim there and say um uh, tim what what's your experience 
Um, obviously, in the, in the Western countries, there's probably more defined KPIs and, and ways of, of getting that feedback. But what, in, in terms of Africa, what are you seeing um, of, of how that, you know, that, that value is able to be demonstrated to clients? Because that, I think we will then eventually now take it to the, the question of, you know, why should people still keep coming to, to radio to use it um, for, 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 for their marketing needs? So what are you seeing um, in South Africa and, 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 and other African countries? I think Owen makes a good point. You can't control the sales value chain. So you can't control if they've got the product on the market, if their staff are friendly, if the store is actually even open or anything like that. But what you can gauge is if, if client runs radio advert and feet through the door improve or product goes off the mark, remember that a lot of people who are advertising on a localized scale are in incredibly attached to their business. So it's they're probably SMEs, small to medium enterprises, and they would have known that generally on a Monday we get 100 people through the door or we sell 100 of these things. You ran a radio campaign and immediately there was better traction. Ran a radio campaign for three weeks, for three months or for a year, and this is the effect it had on my sales cycle. That's a valuable thing. Also remember that that radio does two things from a, a sales perspective. It does branding and it does a call to action. So a call to action, come and do a thing. Uh, we're running a special come and buy a mattress because it's cheap. Or if you're going to be looking for a mattress in, in the next year, know that brand A makes you feel like you've just woken up in the middle of a forest with a waterfall behind you. So w- we have an opportunity to do branding and call to action at the same time, which then leverages more value for clients. Um, I want us to take the, the conversation now a little bit um, a little bit more onto the other side. So the, the business who the business that wants to use radio. Um, which type of businesses sort of are are tailor made to make radio work, and how do how does one then align the interest of the radio station or use the radio station um, very well with regards to being able to 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 achieve their 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 different um, their different targets? Um, you know, I, I'm I'm sort of speaking from this from a, a space where a, a, a coming from the issue of saying, well, it's tough to sort of be able to to have, to measure that ROI. What, in, in your experiences, what kind of business have you found where that, that, that would are tailor-made to making this um, radio work for them very well? Um, Giselle, I don't know if I, if I should bring you in. Oh, I was so nervous you were going to say that. I'm busy taking notes from the esteemed listeners that I'm joining the space with, but I'll give it a good shot. Um, I can tell you that from my observation during my time on radio and um, now as a listener um, and as a stakeholder from a distance, if you will, if, if we can say so, the unique thing about radio is just with all other media platforms or, partic- or perhaps even better than other media platforms, we as radio broadcasting are a, an 
an appropriate or an excellent platform for any kind of product or any kind of service within the laws of the given country to be able to sell their product. Like Tim said, it's about brand awareness and a call to action. And, you know, the thing is, radio provides different um, opportunities. You can either be placing your standard 30-second ad, um, which is going to play consecutively over a set period of time. That's your radio campaign, where you know that you've got an advert that's playing, um, you know, from, from Monday to Friday at a given time. Or perhaps you can even zoom into the reality that nowadays the consumer is more interested in the personality of your brand as opposed to just getting a cold message in an advert. So now you've got um, a lot of marketing people also purchasing time to interact in real time with the radio personality. So if you're not placing an advert for your radio campaign, you're coming into the studio over a consecutive time to spend some time educating people about your brand and inciting that call to action that your particular issue um, um, it requires from your from your consumers. So I can't say that um, radio works particularly best for different for a particular industry because I think there's different packages for different audiences. What I do think is very important, though, and I think it's been mentioned um, by some of the other panelists, is that radio station um, sales teams and production management, in their harmony, need to take care of the uh, the clients that's coming in very very carefully to ensure that this clients, um, you know gets the value there back. For example, don't just take in the money for the 30-second ad and play it without any understanding of what those returns of investment will be, as Owen has eloquently um, stated earlier. It's really, really important for the client to be able to sit down with the radio station production team and sales team to agree on a most impactful way to use the radio station for their particular campaign. So it really depends on the campaign or the need of the incoming client. Does the client do the clients need education, um, Mr. O? Do you think that maybe that's another thing that needs to that needs to get done? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, there's uh, I I pick up a lot of um, mistakes that clients do when it comes to the approach on radio on how to use radio. There's ineffective use of radio, as Giselle stated. Um, Radio is open for business to many different types of clients, as long as you use it correctly. And that starts from basic things like scripting, you know, tone, use of sound effects in terms of creating your campaign. It's um, picking the right people to go to studios to have promotional discussions. Mind you, that's a pet peeve of mine, by the way, you know, uh, promotional discussions on the radio where I have to listen to 17 and a half minutes of you talking about your water brand, uh, man. Anyway, we'll talk about that some other day. But the point is this. Use the medium eff effectively and the medium will, will serve you correctly. And this, you know, includes placing your ad content uh, at the right times. It's placing your ad content um, across the day, you know, properly. There's some advertisers will say to you, listen, I like listening to DJ XYZ. You know, so I'm going to put my advertising content on DJ XYZ's show. Brilliant. Great. What if DJ XYZ is not appealing to the audience that's most likely to go out and purchase and use your product, right? And then other times people approach radio like a print ad. Guys want you to actually take a print ad as it is and transplant it on the radio, even though radio is a medium for listening. You know, it's an oral medium. Um, you know, it's an audio medium. It's not a visual medium. You use your ears. You paint pictures with your imagination. 
And then you have guys who want to give you scripts that are two minutes long. Uh, you know, where's the creative art of storytelling in the scripting of your ads? You know, um, there's all the cliches, you know, uh, big sale now, hurry while stocks last, stuff like that. Anyway, uh, let me not get too pedantic. But if you use it correctly, it'll serve you well. If you don't use it correctly, it won't serve you well, you know. So, yes, there is a need for constant education. And, of course, sometimes clients want to control every aspect of the advertising process on a radio station, yet the experts in executing that are actual, you know, you know, station teams. Let them do their jobs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back to that pet peeve because this is an educational space. Um, and we are speaking about how clients should be using um, radio. What would what would you do differently? Out, you know, like like I know what you mean when you say you know we're in traffic and we're sort of having to to listen to people talk about um, you know their different promo packages um, uh, as for phones or for for Wi-Fi. How would you do that differently? Okay, I always say this. Um, if the content, and this applies to advertising content too, if the content is engaging, if it's compelling, if it's valuable, if it's usable, right? If it's relevant, people will tune into it. You know, if the content actually uh, connects uh, on an emotional level, if it, you know, evokes an emotional reaction, which will lead to a purchase, then you're doing it right. And this boils down to scripting. You know, it boils down to understanding audiences and understanding, you know, intrinsically what these audience like and how they consume um, their radio and what they use their radio for, what, why they like listening to this particular radio station, why they like listening to this particular radio show. You have to create content that fits in and your advertising content that fits into that specific space. So that's not a jarring, uh, you know, listener experience when the advertising content comes on. I mean, uh, back in the day, you know, even today, you know, when people, when you pe people are asked why you like this radio station, there's not many people who raise their hand and say, because the advertising content is phenomenal. I'll tell you about the reasons why they like it is because of, um, you know, the actual content that keeps them hooked coming from the presenters. It's the music, you know, it's the actuality, it's the news. And you need to find a way to insert yourself in there without chasing our listeners. Now, it's very difficult for you to remain engaging and interesting talking about the new. And listen, this is no slight on guys who are slanging water. Seriously, I'm just giving an example. But how are you going to keep me engaged for 15 minutes as a guest talking about your new water brand? You know, you can pull that off in five minutes. You can even do it in three minutes. Tell me where it is, why I should get it, how much it's going to cost me, and you're gone. You know, unless you're going to incentivize me as a listener to keep listening. Am I walking away with a case of this fantastic, you know, ionated water that's going to cleanse my system and bring my pH levels and make everything alkaline in my system, you know, whatever. But you get where I'm going with this. You know, there has to be ways where it's a give and take. You know, people don't particularly tune into radio stations to consume advertising content. All right. Um, I w something that I've always had a challenge with in, in, in my little small businesses that I've run is that I've always felt that 
you know, you've said radio, um, all of the panelists have said radio is fairly cheap. Um, but I've always had a challenge where I felt that it, the pricing and prices are not accessible to the small business. How do we bring on small and medium businesses um, to be able to get access to radio and leverage off radio? How do we do that? Well, I keep, I keep coming back to the point that um, we, we need to understand that radio has tremendous reach and it's able to, to offer low cost per, let's say, uh, a thousand listeners um, to an advertiser. So if you're a, a small to medium enterprise, you know, you, you may not have uh, a very extensive budget, but you're able to, to appreciate that. I mean, if I tell you that um, as a radio station, we are servicing about 85% of Botswana's population and you're there paying um, 500 bula for a particular, you know, campaign, um, as short-lived as it may be, you, you're able to at least make an an impression. You know, you're you're with with the small budget that you have, you're able to to make a, a large impression. And that's not going to be the same for for TV. That's not going to be the same for print. Um, like like Mr. O was saying, you know, when when going for brand awareness and and building campaigns, your brand campaigns, you, you you're able to to tap into things like the the listener or radio personality relationship that is able to endorse certain products. I mean, if I am already a fan of um, one particular radio broadcaster and I hear him. Or her talking about this particular product in in the way that they're talking about it, you know, they're beautifying it and talking so so nicely about it. I'm I'm probably going to be more inclined to to trying it out, and and listeners are going to be essentially more aware of companies or products that have been advertised on radio and and perhaps even repeatedly advertised on radio as a way of of making the concept stick and will probably consider that particular product or service when they are um, in the space where they're able to consume it um, they're able to 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 have a product or have a packaging that sparks emotion or sparks that emotional response. And, and for me, it, it, it's, 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 it's high cost efficiency, um, whereby you are buying more audience impressions for the money that you're actually investing um, when advertising. So the revenue return on investment is, 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 is so high for every bula that you spend advertising on radio. Uh, so for a small medium enterprise, it doesn't have to be a huge budget. I mean, I guess it has to do with kind of uh, looking at your your resources and proportioning them accordingly, so that you're able to leverage on things like listener loyalty. If 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 you 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 find the same people coming back all the time when listening to a particular program, you're able to to leverage on that. You're able to, of course, uh, leverage on the affordability. Um, of of advertising on what I like to call that real estate. Um, 
um, the, the issue of, of local targeting um, for, I'll just give an example with, with uh, Duma FM, right? The issue of uh, accessibility broadcasting in local languages, for example. Okay, essentially, without without going or, or deviating too far from what you're asking, employing, there are so many reasons um, that that I can that I can cite for uh, you know having an SME, for example, use radio as a medium of mass communication or or um, packaging their message. Uh, you know, besides the fact that it's still vibrant and relevant even after a hundred years. There are still those fundamental elements that uh, can work well for a small business. Just it has to be with the right media partner, uh, so that you are able to tap into the kind of um, the kind of of. of of, of packaging that they've curated. For example, if you're going with Yaruna FM and it's a, a youthful radio station in terms of how it, it profiles itself and how it has positioned itself, then you, you, you're able to capture that very niche audience that will, will be geared towards that kind of content. And if you want to, for example, you know, tap into agricultural products or whatever, if, you, if that's what your business is, and I'm here on Dumai FM, I have a program specifically uh, tailored for, for farmers and, you know, farming tools, then you're going to have that opportunity to tap into that. So I think the issue of budgeting is, is is something that of course needs to be uh, negotiated by uh, various um, businesses but at the end of the day I think it is still a very high um, uh, revenue return on, on investment in terms of uh, revenue and in terms of the, the the cost efficiency I think a radio still beats other mediums by by a long shot you, you've I think I just... to, before Tim before before you come in, He's, uh, Dumisang sold us on the ROI on the radio side, but the yes. reality of it is if you're an SME, 20,000 pula or 30,000 pula for a campaign is still 20,000 pula, um, regardless yes. of what that um, ROI looks like. The question was always, how, do we, how does radio make it more accessible for, mm. for, for the SME? So it's not even a, it's not a return. It's how, how do we make sure that more SMEs actually have access to radio? Um, I'm just going to jump question, in there. Anyway. Oh, sorry. Go for it, Tim. I'll, I'll jump in right after. No problems. I'm going to add a last word. My battery's going to go flat, and I apologize for that. I think uh, it's appropriate programming for appropriate business. You know, you can have a, a small dry cleaner uh, in the middle of Gaborone advertising on a national radio station. They're only in Gaborone. There's no point for them to be on the national radio station. However, bringing community radio into the capital city, it changes the metric for those people. So not all small businesses belong on the radio um, or a, a radio station with a regional or a national reach. That's the one thing. And the other thing is commercial broadcasters need to do clever things, like the small business minute. Uh, we need to sell time which is not sold, like airplane tickets that don't get sold. We need to discount that for agile businesses who can, within five hours say yes we'll put ten thousand down and we'll buy the airtime we need to we need to start having forums with these people understanding the need they need to pull but also understanding how much how much inventory we have to give to them thanks tim giselle you were going to add to that thanks important thanks tim i you know 
Tim keeps touching on community radio, and I just I I really hope that um, we've got some listeners that are activating those those uh, those realities for this country because I think community radio is really really important as um, our audience has matured. I think Botswana is ready for for the for the kind of advantages that community radio presents, particularly like Tim said for the startup com- startup companies, the SMEs that might not immediately recognize a space for themselves in the current radio stations that are available or perhaps um, because of the financial constraints of, of radio campaign budgets. Because we can all agree major brands can spend big bucks on campaigns that take over three months, etc. But as an SMME or a freelancer, you know, who wants to push their services to different people in, in seasonal times um, or even startups, you do have affordable options available on the different radio stations. It does require for the radio stations to avail those opportunities for SMMEs. And I think perhaps this is a call to um, active radio station management, be it in programming or sales, to start thinking beyond the, um, the immediate um, business side of uh, the, the, the production of radio as a business, but also to consider their responsibility in the communities that we we operate in. So perhaps radio stations should look into having packages that are particularly specific for the SMME community. These packages can include things that are more easier to produce and do not tax on production the way that perhaps an advert or airtime space with an advert that plays over a certain amount of time would take. Uh, to the to the SMMEs listening, trying to find creative ways to engage with radio, to engage with audience to introduce themselves. The very first thing I can think of is uh, the simple uh, collection of uh, things like product product giveaways. If you completely believe in your locally produced product at this time when it's all about Pusha BW, it's an opportunity for you to avail your product to, be ex- to, to, to interact with its intended audience. So if you can afford to release some of your products or to give away some of your services, present this um, opportunity to the radio stations because they constantly need content they constantly need different elements to activate the content, such as the almighty giveaway. So if I'm producing Marula Jam and I'm the only person in Botswana who's producing Marula Jam, I, I really believe in my brand. I can have a relationship with the radio station where I say, hey, I can afford to give you X amount of uh, my product and um, you can utilize it for giveaways. And in that regard, you're automatically getting your product being produ- uh, promoted on radio in ways that are non-obtrusive, like the very important point that Owen raised, that we're not listening to radio because they're advertising is excellent or not listening to radios uh, looking out for the advert about Murula Jam but if I'm listening to my radio favorite radio show or my favorite personality and in exchange for guessing the name of the artist which is something that matters to me because I'm having my downtime and I get to win this Murula Jam that's some kind of traction that you can afford because perhaps when you look at the figures and you look at the numbers um, being able to give away your Murula Jam consignment might be more affordable to you as opposed to paying for X amount of uh, time on your radio campaign then there's also linking it to product giveaways. There's things like product placement or presenter endorsement. We spoke about the fact that nowadays digital is a low-hanging opportunity for radio in this country that hasn't been fully maximized or fully uh, manipulated. However, um, when you've got uh, digital media activated for a radio station, you can have highlights of the radio show actually being seen by people because there's a videographer there who's capturing the footage of, say, do the party 
in studio and we can see him giving away Africa goods. Um, during that time, if he's now utilizing or interacting with the product, that takes it back to the ethics of trust that this medium represents, which is that if Mdu is interacting with the product, he's got to believe in it. I'm going to go buy it as well. I haven't placed an advert, but I've definitely got a long-term relationship with Mdu where we can then also have those ROIs uh, Owen mentioned in place where we know that, okay, before the campaign started, this many people knew about the brand and now this many people know about the brand um, since, since the campaign started. You can also avail yourself if public speaking is your thing um, and public speaking coaches like myself do exist to assist you as an SMME to be able to get rid of the nerves and to be able to maximize your moment in radio and make sure that Owen isn't switching off because you're really not entertaining or engaging him, but you're on air to sell your product. Go and see a public speaking coach or interact with the sales team and the production team of your targeted radio station. Tell them you believe you are the expert in your subject uh, or, or speciality area whether you're a plumber or you know whatever product or service or industry you represent present yourself to the radio station as an option for a subject specialist this is something that is very critical when it comes to content because topics are so varied on radio um, we're always going to need our go-to guy for a particular subject um, you see that a lot of the time when issues of economics are, dis uh, are discussed employing is a very popular uh, personality when it comes to coming in to bring to light certain uh, commentation on, on on various economic issues. Now, a guy like him, if he's running a business with uh, with that's related to economics, the audience is more likely to speak to him and go further to go and seek him out because they've heard him speaking on radio on a trusted medium source um, about a particular subject which he also interacts in as a business. So, I really hope those um, ideas are useful to SMMEs who have been perhaps a little bit hesitant on interacting with radio because it doesn't go as far. It, it doesn't it doesn't end with the radio ad it doesn't end with the major campaign and there are brand ambassadors if you're not really the talking type seek out all these various talented people who are not afraid of the microphone engage them with your product look into a long-term relationship and send them out send them out and go and have um, them be on on radio and speak about your product and at the end of the day we've got to say we've got to say it you've got to be willing to spend to get the return so it's very very important for us as SMMEs also to really consider very very importantly the 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 the, the, the critical reason why we should have budget for for radio you know so then yes the return of investment startup business can I jump in then please do yes um just before that just before that mr o um uh, my fellow my fellow uh, co-host I am struggling to add people who are trying to who are trying to send speaker requests so Tebe, please send it again I just lost somebody else I think nearly therefore um, and please try to add them so that um, so that they can ask questions online. Go ahead, Mr. O. Yeah, speaking to your question about SMME access, looking at budgets and the cost of advertising on radio. Um, hey, in today's age, in our country, looking at our economic climate and everything, it's okay to negotiate. It's okay to haggle. It's okay to fight for your space on the radio. It's okay to trade. It's okay to barter. You're a photographer, you know you are bad news with that photography stuff, with that videography stuff. What does your radio station, your neighborhood radio station most probably need? Taking advantage of that uh, digital platform, making sure they've got the hottest pictures and the hottest video content out there. Trade that for an ad on the radio. 
I know right now that there are packages on radio that are designed specifically for SMMEs. There are packages that will cost you between three and a half to 5,000 a month that will give you 200 spins in a month, you know. Uh, 200 spins, you can concentrate them in through a space of one week or two weeks. It's up to you. But there's options. Uh, you need to just, you know, find out, you know, research. Radio also needs to work hard in publicizing those options. And marketers also need to um, spend some time getting to know um, these options that are available on radio stations. So everybody has a responsibility really to to take care of that business, you know. Um, thanks for that. Tumi Sang, please, I think I, I see you struggling to become a speaker again, so maybe just exit uh, the space and come back in and then request. Um, I'll firstly take um, Satebe and then I'll take um, Eben Sol. Satebe, how's it? How are you doing? Um, I'm good, thanks. Um, I think just to get on to what my, my, my issue is. So I don't think there's a radio that can say we haven't worked with them. And um, my greatest challenge throughout the evolution of my business is having a radio that understands what, what we are doing, what we're looking for, and exactly what kind of re result we're looking at. And oftentimes, um, the challenge that I find is that, like um, Mr. O spoke, spoke about it earlier, where the focus is more on closing the deal than on understanding exactly what you're looking for. And even after the deal is closed, you find that sometimes, um, even when it's now time for delivery, organization is, is poor. So if you don't listen to your, um, sometimes you don't listen to your ads or whatever, if it's a, if it's a, you're sponsoring a show or whichever way, you may find that here and there, things are forgotten, the, the, the closing or the opening, um, I forgot what they call them. Even sometimes if you booked for an interview, the presenter is not prepared for that interview and you wing it. And simply because of my experience, um, winging it is much easier for me. But I sometimes ask myself, Jorge, what about the, the SME or the entrepreneur who's still fairly new at this? How, how are they able to communicate and how is radio coming through for the client to say, okay, fine, what are you trying to achieve um, and okay, this is how we can help you achieve that outside of just a advertiser. This is how much it costs. Um, we will bring you in for an inter interview. You, what am I getting out of it as a business? Um, yeah, I think otherwise I'll talk for the rest of, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I, I've, I've had, um, a similar experience to you. Um, it, it's, it's always, um, it's, You'll get 20 this in over this period, and this is how much it costs. There's never really a proper discussion on on, on curating it for you and your needs. Um, Eben Sol, do you wanna do you wanna speak? Hi, how are you? How how are everyone? Thanks. Hi, Eben Sol. Hey. Uh, okay. Uh, this is uh, Eben Sol. Uh, I've been listening to. Your, your comments are uh, very grateful stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm speaking as, a, as, a, as, a, as the founder here of Arvin Soul. Uh, obviously, uh, having been one of the people that has really benefited from doing business with the radio stations, especially here on FM, I think it's a great uh, platform for, for me to actually share with uh, 
some of the the SMMEs who are out there who are actually um, keen on advertising on radio. I mean, I can give a testimony to say that, you know, we are one of those people that have really benefited a lot. I mean, Yarn FM has, has been a great supporter to our business and trust me radio it's 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 the impact is, is crazy you know especially with 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 the the modern media right now where it's going you find that most radio stations are not only on air they're also on digital platforms so if you're an, an SMME you really need to take radio seriously in terms of the reach and the audience and also uh, I know Mr. O is like really good in terms of giving the insights of how the radio reach people in real time. I think he's one person that I've really followed and he's one person that I know he has given us a lot of courage in terms of advertising on radio. Also, you can always go to Bokra and get the, the following to see which radio has a uh, huge following and what kind of audience they have. Because sometimes you can have a, a huge audience, but they're not really uh, buying have the the buying power in terms of what you do. Then he also talked about uh, the return on investment. I mean, sometimes as a, as a business, you can't advertise while your business is not ready to deliver the product or even ready to to serve the consumer. So, I think that's also key. So, and also I think uh, Giselle spoke about uh, the the trade trade exchange for businesses i think this one is very uh uh is one avenue that we used as well as our business i mean as having sold we have seen we have done a lot of uh trade exchanges whether we sponsor events we sponsor brand ambassadors we sponsor artists you know so i think uh businesses out there especially smes they need to consider radio i think i know because of uh social media people think radio now it's, it's either out of fashion or but it's still one of the mediums that we 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 we, we use uh and it's very very impactful especially if you want to position yourself as a as a as a, as a new company or you are releasing new products radio is very very effective thank you thank you um and so i'm, I'm going to Invite. I think we. I, I think we lost him, and I, he did mention mm-hmm. something about. I think his battery. Um, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of. I'm seeing a lot of um, um, people who are who are in radio in in the space, and um, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I would suggest anybody who wants to contribute, please um, throw a speaker request. Um, and in the meantime, I would also get. Um, the, the different panelists to, to sort of respond to um, what uh, uh, mm. I think it's Molf and um, and Satebe have spoken to um, with regards to um, yeah so um, Owen, okay Giselle yeah Giselle go ahead thanks thanks Owen thanks for playing I'll keep it super short I just want to say hello to Satebe respond to her question and just um, you know do a throwback memory first hey thing 
Hey, Sitebe. Um, the, first thing, the first thing I wanted to touch on with regards to what Sitebe shared is that there are too many clients that will tell you in the private sector or the public sector, there are too many clients of radio that will tell you nightmare situations, you know. Or we purchased 20 minutes, they gave us 10 minutes. These things are um, symptoms of a problem that began before we went live with the show or before we started playing the advert. The roadmap needs to be very clear before we start playing your content. Um, and that is, that is it's, I'm going to take it back to the synergy that is required between sales and programming. As radio stations in this country, I think um, Satebe has touched on an issue that is one of the areas of, of, of improvement or opportunities where we need to improve is our, our client relations as radio stations. I actually think that um, even though we we have different organs that are that are systems in place in radio stations right now, like programming, uh, sales, and of course the the usual standard accounting, etc., we need to have a dedicated clients relations unit which can harmonize the synergy between uh, sales and what they've promised clients, as well as what is taking place in the program space. Because issues like what Satebe mentioned of unprepared presenters are a result of perhaps sales not having given information to programming and programming being unaware that their presenter has to deliver this. And then the client comes in and unfortunately for us, it happens a lot. It leaves a sour taste in clients' mouths or um, a, a sour taste in clients' um, mouths with, with regards to radio stations they interact with is once it's time for your payment to come in, please believe that our accounts department will call you. We won't call you to tell you that we've cancelled or postponed your scheduled ad or the presenter you had preferred is not available who you've already educated about your product. And speaking about educating your product as an SMME or any level of, of company that is purchasing airtime on radio stations, I really encourage you to give, your, give yourself some time to go and meet the people that are going to be handling your topic or the people that will be handling your advert. Get to know them so that you understand the people that you're dealing with and com communicate with them well in time to handle emergencies should they come up before the um, the situation that we have now where clients like Satebe will say, you know, I'm, I'm losing faith now because I, I, I tend to not have... Um, delivery yet when it's time to pay guys are very demanding and and just to share the story for 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 whatever it's worth um Satebe actually reminds me of my time on radio and i must say i'm very proud of her because she's she's grown into a very um formidable force in the public speaking space i've, I've seen her on the uh, twitter spaces and i recall that you used to be a guest on a lot of my shows in your early times of of of, of speaking on radio Satebe. and i hope that i'm not one of those presenters <laughs> that you spoke about that didn't know about your product <laughs> yeah can i yeah sure go ahead okay mr o um so Terry, you're 100 correct in um what you raised regarding the actual service the quality of service that you should be receiving from um radio stations radio can and should do better this whole let me take your money approach and let me sell you a 30-second spot. And that's what I spoke about at the very beginning of the space, that um, the approach really should be a whole lot more engaged. You know, radio should be interested in your campaign goals, should be interested in the, your product, should be interested in your brand story, should be interested in your vision for your company. And then you need to be talking about these metrics of success, what ROI looks like to you 
as a client. And then radio needs to manage that process. Radio people need to manage that process, taking you to air, taking you off air, prepping you before you go on air, creating a script that makes sense, advising whether it should be 30 seconds, 15 seconds, or a minute long, advising you on which sponsorship property you should uptake based on your brand. There's so many brand mismatches right now going on in radio, on radio in Botswana. You know, there's brands that are sponsoring content that has absolutely no real relation. And you can't even find a creative twist to match that content to the brand. So radio needs to stop slacking in that division and actively participate in, um, you know, the execution of these campaigns on air. You know, I always say I believe that um, sales is a function of programming. Programming is not a function of sales. But unfortunately, because of this constant pursuit of the bottom line, certain people kind of like, you know, overlook that aspect. Sales has got nothing to sell if the content is weak. They've got nothing to sell because there's no audience to pitch to a client because there's no audience listening to a station. So, yeah, this is a delicate relationship. It needs to be managed properly. And I totally agree with you. I, I cannot defend radio on that particular aspect. Um, they can definitely do better. All right, so I'm starting to look really weird um, sitting outside the super spa. Um, <laughs> in the so, and, and, it, and it is been a, we've been going for more than 100 minutes, so I think it is time okay. to probably wind it down. And I will ask um, all the panelists to, to, to tell us about the future, not just um, of, of radio, but also of the different things they're doing. Where can people find you? Um, you know, what are, what, are, what are you going to be working on in this year? Um, and, and yeah, just tell us what you're, what, what, what you're looking forward to in this 2022. Let's start with, let's start with Giselle. Oh, I was going to ask that I do this last because you've been starting with me. Um, can, can I hand it over to, okay, to do okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Let's, 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 let's go to me, then Mr. O, and then Giselle to close. And does Satebe have anything to say in response to what Owen and I said? Um, I think it's great that you're appreciating. And um, Giselle, I never had any problems with you. Um, and I'm really happy, Leonore, how far you have come along. Um, I saw your photo shoot recently. And it's just that there wasn't a heart emoji here for me to send my love when you were speaking. But yeah, I, I, I wish <laughs> that radio could evolve into understanding that the money that we're putting in for the ads is not mm -hmm. for fun. It, we are mm -hmm. expecting a return. And where a business is saying, listen, this is what I... Because for us, that's what we do. We measure everything. So when you come and say, where is your matrix right now? And what are you expecting from this campaign we give you that information yeah you're an evil person in the end and you know Giselle how stickler i am when it comes to these things i will tell you you didn't do this you didn't do this you didn't do this even you're an evil person but the business at the end of the day suffers um and i really wish that we can have radio that is more interested in the business than just in sales that's all uh, thanks guys. Well, said. well said my lady thank you employing to me Yeah, we've we've lost to me as a, as a speaker again. Um, he's struggling, so Mr. O, I guess you can uh, 
can kick it off and hopefully to me is then able to get added on. Uh, to me, like I said, jump off and then and then jump back on. I've had a really fantastic time um, today. You know, I've learned a couple of things. It was nice listening to all the panelists and the guys who jumped on. Mal from Urban Soul. Yeah, definitely. We've worked closely together um, back in the day when he was launching the then Mafia Soul. And he had a very unique approach, you know, because he understood what he was brand was about, you know. So that was a classic uh, case study that anyone should really follow. He understood what his brand was about, what his vision was, and he took the elements, that entire hip-hop lifestyle. It even permeated through his um, ad messaging on air. So Bright Future for Radio is not going anywhere, guys. It's um, accessible. It's cost-free. It uh, has a phenomenal reach, which is incomparable to anything in Botswana right now. And if they just keep, you know, if they pull up their socks, keep focusing on the things that they need to do, you know, radio needs to focus on the things that they need to do, the fundamentals, the basics, uh, efficient training, you know, getting the right talent on air, managing it efficiently, getting the right talent across the board, not just presenters, you know, from journalists to um, um, salespeople to marketers. It's a bright future. Harnessing the power of uh, these online platforms, um, that is what radio really needs to invest its energies on going forward because the time will come when it will be a major, major competition. As for me, Radio Works, that's, that's me. I'm still doing um, consultancy. I do it even for advertising uh, clients, you know, for brands that want to, you know, really use radio efficiently, even um, online media, people who want to tell stories. I'm a brilliant storyteller, by the way. People who want to st tell stories that actually uh, move sales. I'm your guy. And then, uh, hey, don't be shy to buy my farm produce. You've been doing phenomenally well these last couple of years. Don't stop. That's where you'll find me. Tapat too. <laughs> On behalf of all of Owen's fans, it was such a pleasure to hear this voice. Yo, it's been a while. Is it my turn now, Poing? No, um, to me. Oh, he's back. Yeah, oh, great. Thank you. I'm back. Awesome. I'm back. I've just been having connection connection problems. Thank you so much for for this opportunity. You know, um, just sitting back and listening to the wealth of knowledge that the panelists are bringing here, the experience. Uh, mine was seemingly cartoonish, you know, but uh, I think I, I'm trying to pick from all that you've said and piecing things together, and and trying to push the envelope. Really bring in some creativity and innovation to the radio space. And and since radio is a tool, like we've been, you know, mentioning throughout uh, this this conversation, there are so many different ways that it can be used. It's just a matter of combinations and permutations. So uh, it's 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 going to be an exciting time ahead. Uh, looking at we really what we just did recently in Poing, um, I think that has has opened up a whole lot of opportunity in um, really cementing this hybrid system and seeing how we can leverage on both the terrestrial setup and the virtual space um and and like uh, like music i mean you know if we look at uh quite the music for example a lot of people are saying no quite dead and uh, a lot of people are dismissing its its uh, prominence in the space and then 
Amapiano came about and we we could clearly pick elements of, of Guaito. So it was a, an innovative and creative way of creating longevity of enduring concepts. So for me, that's 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 what I that's what excites me and I learn every day from all the people that are represented here and I see some of uh, you know the, the the iconic personalities in the space and I respect that they're here to be able to to bounce ideas around and then finally um, right now I'm really concentrating my energies on uh, creating um, that voice which which can be uh, the storyteller that that Mr. O is talking about, you know, the Sir David Edinburgh of Africa, so to speak, penetrating the um, the narration space. That's where I have been, you know, channeling a lot of my energies uh, and really be a more a more refined um, and more fine tuned voice artist. And above and beyond that, I'm still doing the the panel moderations. I'm still emceeing and I'm still learning. Thank you so much. Yo, you know, when Tumi speaks, you it, it's I was so glad earlier when you were speaking to me when you when you asked if we're still together with you, because that's when we knew for sure that you are not pre-recorded because you sound so exquisite. You sound so exquisite. Thank you so much for your time. Is it my turn now, I'm going? <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to say thank you very much to BW Connect Spaces. This is a very powerful platform in the evolved digital space of audio experiences that we've touched on today. And, and what a pleasure it's been to bring the, 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 the four of us, as well as this incredible audience, to have a very urgent and well-needed conversation. And you can tell from the audience members that this is there's a, there's a very strong appetite for this kind of conversation from this perspective of radio talent, radio management management, uh, radio consumers by way of audience, as well as stakeholders such as clients. Everybody came to the space, which is indicating a very strong appetite for this kind of conversation, which means we all appreciate the power behind radio, its powerfulness as an entity and industry in Botswana, which has been responsible for, um, you know, uh, carving out careers, employing young professionals at a time when the youth is crying about unemployment in this country. And um, there's so many specializing youth and different skills that have been employed by radio and continue to be so. And I'm really, really proud of the radio talent that survived the COVID era impact because it must have been tremendously challenging to continue giving your audiences consistent entertainment and information at a time when it was really touch and go. And it's going to be very interesting to see how radio continues to find herself and, and evolve to fit in to her position as, as the key most trusted medium. From my end, um, I have for the past five years been trying to bring back the Radio Awards to life or the Good Radio Project as it's, as it's known. And what Mpoeng has availed today is, is really such a beautiful way to start the, the year 2022 when it comes to this relentlessness of mine and my team with regards to bringing the Good Radio Project back to life. So what people can look forward to, certainly the audience that is in attendance tonight we are definitely going to be having the Good Radio Seminar this year before the Good Radio Awards. This is in an effort to, of course, stimulate best practice and empower radio talent with access to minds like some of the panelists today so that we can all just look into how we can do our work so much better. I think a, a key takeaway from today is definitely the fact that radio stations need to invest time and energy and being very intentional in strengthening their relationship with their clients because the minute you lose your 
your clients, the minute you're losing money to spend on radio talent, then you are compromising certain primetime spots, slotting anyone in just to fit it in. And then you have no energy left for creativity. And then that affects the gono gono, which is the listenership, the listener's experience. Um, I think a tip to radio talent listening, please look into connecting with your listeners' reality, create soundtracks to their reality and useful information that is themed around their reality. That is how you can conquer the current competitiveness that you see between yourself and the empowered listener who now can play their own music in their cars or on their phones or on YouTube collections. Guys can Google information. Guys are spoiled for choice by way of news sources, but they still have space for you. You just need to adjust yourself and create yourself as an un removable limb when it comes to access to information right now unemployment is a brutal reality in our country so why not have job post bulletins that your listeners can check out for on a regular basis and bring in people who are experts at preparing yourself for employment so that they can educate your listeners and i mean on thursdays couples are coming from dc's office make sure that you create programming about around realities like that it's a thursday what music are you playing for me to add to my soundtrack who do i need to speak to what marriage counselors do you have access to and what do i need to consider as a new couple um i think it's an exciting time for radio because it continues to evolve post covid 19 conversations like this are allowing management to look at things differently and it's quite an exciting time point thank you so much this was my first space and i think i'll be more comfortable with interacting with such because i know that a lot of my listeners um who miss my time on air keep asking me, where do we get access to your voice? Where can we listen in? So as I continue to settle into the Twitter uh, universe, you'll see me popping up from time to time with regards to that. I'm exploring the podcast side of things as well amidst bringing back the Good Radio Project. So please believe I'll be coming back to Owen. I'll be coming back to Tim, who was a supporter of the Radio Awards in 2017. I'll be coming back to Dumi to invite all of us to have this kind of platform. And it's really exciting to see um, other specialists that joined in. A big hello to every one of you, DJ Izzy, oh my goodness, Bonnie, um, I mentioned uh, Dollar Mac, I saw him earlier. Thank you so much to every single person who joined in today. Thank you, Giselle. Thank you, Owen. Thank you to me, uh, Moss, Tebe, everybody who participated. And thank you for all everybody who, thank you to everyone who came in to come listen today. That was the beginning of our season two. Uh, we will be having, um, we will be having, just in a quick announcement, we will be having a space next week, which we'll do in partnership with Letejo. So we will be having a space next week that will, that will speak to, 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 to digital transformation and what Letejo is looking to do on the African continent. And, um, you will start seeing some of the, you will start seeing some of that advertising going out, um, tomorrow, please, um, Go, go and follow everyone who is on the space. Follow Mr. O, follow Urban Soul, follow Dumi Mote, Giselle, um, follow everybody who's participated on this. Follow the Letejo Digital Group as well. Um, the BW Connect Spaces, um, uh, the BW Connect Spaces as well. Follow there. Um, this will be coming up. We were recording it, and it will be coming out um, as a podcast um, later this week. Um, remember, we go go follow and subscribe on on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We are there. Check out some of the stuff from season one, um, and and feel free to listen. And we will be putting out um, this space 
um, before the end of the week if you if you missed anything there. I'd just like to thank everybody who came through um, and would like to say goodnight, having the, the most beautiful voice on the space. Um, that is me, and uh, hopefully um, <laughs> the Giselles and the Owens of the world will let me know whether I was a terrible host or not, and I'll be willing to get feedback to improve going forward. Um, guys, it was a, it was wonderful. It's been two hours, but I guess let's um, go back to um, our wives and our and our girlfriends and uh, and everybody else. Um, we we will chat and let's continue to interact on the timeline. I'll see you next week. Thank you very much.